Hey there, thanks for joining us for the latest podcast from Resound Church. We really believe that together we are better, and our heart is to reach, send, nurture, and disciple people as they become all that God has intended them to be. You can subscribe to our content on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or head over to our website, resound.church forward slash app, to grab our app, which will keep you up to date with everything going on. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. So much for your love and support. God bless. Awesome. Well, good morning. Isn't it good to hear from Prem? Uh, those of you might not know him, as Jared said, he's in Nepal, and we've kept up relationship with him over the last um, 12, 18 months, but particularly last year. You know, like us, uh, they're based in Kathmandu. Well, we're not based in Kathmandu, but like us, they were locked down, uh, incredibly locked down, and uh, it's great to see them out and about. So, um, just to add to what Jared said, you know, our church has been incredibly generous over the last 12 months, and um, we partnered with Alice Springs Church. You might recall that we'd agreed as a, as a church to um, contribute to their mortgage. They're in Alice Springs regional area and their income's not real high. But we said as Scoresby, as Resound Church, we want to contribute to their missions giving, or from our missions giving to pay off their building. We'd anticipated to contribute about $1,000 over the next couple of years. Um, you know, it's fantastic that we've already paid off their building. The, the church is... So come on, church. Isn't that awesome? does two things. One, it enables us to, um, to, to sow into a potentially another church, but for the church there, that weight is just gone and they're um, you know, in a great, great place. And so we'll have some more information in the next couple of um, weeks and months. We're hoping to maybe do a missions trip there this year. We're just working out what that might look like. Um, we'd planned to do that last year. But we couldn't do that. So, um, yeah, good on your church. That's an awesome place for us to be in. Well, hey, I realized this week that this is the first time I've been preaching in person for 12 months, which is a strange feeling, but I'm used to talking to the camera. Good morning, everyone on live stream. Great to have you with us. Um, but but I, I want to continue our series on Focus Forward. If you were here last week, if you watched online, um, we're talking about the next 12 months, we're talking about focusing forward. Who really loved last year? <laughs> Anyone at home really loved last year? People at home love last year because they're having breakfast right now, you know, you know, eggs and bacon and all, you know. We, who enjoyed watching Resound Connect and seeing what Dan and Elise had for breakfast every week? Come on, they're here in the room today. But um, we want to talk about focusing forward. We, we don't want to hang in last year. We don't want to stay where we were. We recognize that though the things that we went through weren't great, um, but we don't want to live in that place. We, we want to focus forward and look at what this 12 months looks like. So today I'm going to talk a bit more about that and we're going to take communion together at the end of the service. Um, Wayne shared last week about us as a church and our vision statement. And we're, we're going to pop that on the screen for you. It says, impacting, our vision statement is impacting communities through compelling, discipling gatherings across all generations. So our goal as a church is to have a, a vision to impact communities. Breaking that down a little bit, communities aren't our geographical um, perspective or our geographical placement. It's about the people that we do life with. The people that we're in relationship with, they're our community. Discipling gatherings, we believe that the gatherings that we get together in, whether it be Sunday, during the week, whatever it is, that people grow and are discipled to Christ. And across all generations, 
We're not saying, hey, all the younger people are more important or the older people. Everyone of all generations are important to us. And you can see that reflected in who we are as a church. That's our vision statement. We also then have our four missions point, our mission statements, which are reach, send, nurture, and disciple. Abbreviation for RSND, resound. They're the things of how we're going to do what we're planning to do as our vision statement. This is all great, but I don't know about you, but there's been plenty of times I've heard mission statements, vision statements, both in the, the business and work world, but also then in church world. Isn't it? We, we might have seen it plastered on a wall and it becomes something nice in a statement, but we really want to live out these things. As a church, we, we want these things to be really important. So over this series, Focus Forward, we're going to talk about each of those things. Reach, send, nurture, and disciple. We see those things being critical to each and every one of us, whether we're here in person or whether we're online as well. So today I want to talk to you about groups. Uh, This isn't a promotion for our small groups. It is a little bit, but I'll explain that. It's not a, hey, sign up for a group. I want to talk to you today about the importance of doing life with other people, the importance of, of journeying with people in a small group. You think just for a moment, coming to church today, or, or maybe a, a point where you've caught up with people throughout the week, uh, you would have connected with the same small group of people. Uh, you think about it, if you were here today in church, you probably saw the, said hi to a bunch of people, but generally you'll hang out and do life with a smaller group of people. You know, if you go to the football, you're not going to say hi to 20, 30, 50,000 people. Hey, you're going there with the, the friends that you have. We see groups as a key point to us reaching, sending, nurturing, and discipling people. You know, and the, ch- the church has changed. Hey, even look around today here, or if you're at home 12 months ago, you couldn't sit at home in your pajamas and have wonderful breakfast and, and still be involved in church. And as Wayne said last week, we are not as a church deciding that people in person versus online is no one's more important that everyone is as important in our church, but we know that the church at large has changed. So how are we going to move forward? In the past, even for our church, it would be, you know, you're a part of our church if you're coming to Sunday services generally. Not that you're any less important if you didn't, but that was generally how church worked. We know now moving forward that groups, gatherings outside the week, apart from just Sunday morning, is going to be vital to people growing and developing. If we look across history, just think back in the life cycle of the church since Jesus was on the earth, since the disciples were here, the church has grown through small gatherings of people. It's grown through groups of people coming together, encouraging one another, growing in their faith, learning more about Jesus, learning more about God, reading his word, and that's how the church has expanded. We see in our context today larger gatherings, and that's kind of been broken down in the last 12 months. But we had sort of this mindset, I think, as the church, that the only way to reach people and to do life is in mass gatherings, and and that's all good. There's nothing wrong with those, but we see great value in the small, great value in the gathering of small groups of people. Jesus started with a small group of people. Hey, he started with 12. Hey, you know, and we would talk about it as the church and say, oh, that's the right model, but do we actually work it out? 
Did we do it? Do we live it out? Or did our lifestyle and our, our faith journey revolve around one point on a week, on a Sunday morning? You think about most of our connections with people, they happen in small gatherings. Work colleagues, you go to work, you've got your work friends, or the people you work with, maybe school, maybe university. Wherever it might be, you're, you're connecting with small groups of people, and that's who you do life with. It's rare for us to do life with 500 people, 1,000 people. It just doesn't happen. But each one of those groups that we're a part of bring value to us and importance to our life. Otherwise, you wouldn't be involved in it, would you? Think of, think of last year for a moment, the, the things that we couldn't do, whether it be church groups, sporting groups, social gatherings, all the things that we, we were missing out on. I don't know about you, but that connection to people just in the small gathering is what I miss most. Being able to go out for dinner with a group of people, be able to have some people over. I was going to say sporting, but I don't do that. So, um, <laughs> highly fit. I don't need to do sport. Um, no. But, but all of those gatherings were critical and important to us. We really believe as a church that that small gathering for us to disciple one another, will make a difference in your life. It will make a difference in your life. How is that going to look for you this year? Are you going to journey life just on your own? Are you going to journey life just with you and your family? Or are you going to allow other people to come in and be part of that, that space? Are you going to input into someone else's life? You know, we said in our vision statement that we're we believe in that discipling gatherings are going to be a part of who we are as a church. Not just getting together, as good as it is, but discipling. What does discipling mean? It's not just reading the Bible. It's not just us journeying life with people, getting together. That's not discipling. Discipling is about us um, sharpening one another, discipling ourselves to Christ, learning more about Him and doing it together. And passing on maybe something that's in you to someone else. Life stage, age, generation doesn't change the fact that you can input into someone else's world. What God has put in you, you can pass on to someone else and someone else can pass something on to you. We believe for people to be discipled to Christ, it takes a community of people. We don't want to just get together and be a club, but we want people to grow and become closer to Christ, moving forward in their faith. Just one step at a time. Maybe for you that year, this year, it's like, I just want to read my scripture more, or learn something more about God, or work on that character. Maybe there's something in your character, you go, oh, I've just got to work on that thing, and can someone help me journey? It mightn't be anything bad, but you just go, I want to improve on that. We do it together. When we look to the scripture... Throughout the New Testament, we see the groups were where the church was formed at. And most of the New Testament scriptures were written to groups of people. They were written to people where they'd got together a small group of Christ followers and they'd started to form what we knew as the church. And Paul, in his letters, would start writing to them and and he would um, speak to them. A couple of those scriptures, and you'll see it, all the books that Paul writes, he, he comes with a greeting. Ephesians 1, 1 says, this letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus, 
I'm writing to God's holy people in Ephesus who are faithful followers of Christ Jesus. He welcomed that group of people. And then he went on to speak into them. Galatians, two, we, uh, Galatians 1, sorry, we see a similar greeting. He says, this letter is from Paul, an apostle. I was not appointed by any group of people or any human authority, but by Jesus Christ himself and by God the Father who raised Jesus from the dead. All the brothers and sisters here join me in sending this letter to the churches of Galatia. He wrote to groups of people. And he addressed a whole range of things. He didn't just talk about spiritual matters. That, that was a big thing. But as you read through his, uh, his letters to those different groups, you see him talking about character issues. Remember the story where there's people fighting together? He, he heard about it and he's written it in his letter. It must have been pretty bad, I reckon. It, you know, it's not like he got a phone call from Timothy or one of his, his mates that were out there. He didn't get a Facebook message, he didn't get an email going, hey, these guys are fighting, you've got to sort this out. It would have taken potentially weeks or months for that message to get back to him in person. But he addresses that. Again, he's discipling these people through writing. He talks about marriage, finance, family, self-care, looking after ourselves. In those letters and to those groups, he, he was discipling. Often we think of discipling as just us talking about spiritual things, but discipling is, a, is about us doing life together in, in everything, holistically. There might be something that you're a little bit further on in life with that you can impart into someone else. Maybe someone else can impart something into you. Whatever it is, having that group of people does great things for each and every one of us. The interesting thing as we read through Paul's letters is he was not just preaching to the people, he was seeking that two-way connection with them. He knew for his faith that he needed other people to input into him as well. You know, the story of Paul's conversion on the road to Damascus, he had an encounter with Jesus, like rarely we see throughout Scripture. He had an encounter with God. And that, that connection and through the Holy Spirit, he wrote and learned what he he wrote in his letters and gave to other people. But, but he wasn't doing it alone. He knew he wasn't doing it alone. In Romans 1.10, he writes this. He says, One of the things I always pray for is the opportunity, God willing, to come at last to see you. For I long to visit you so I can bring some spiritual gift that may help you grow strong in the Lord. When we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith. But I also want to be encouraged by yours. I also want to be encouraged by yours. Paul, this scholar of the word, he knew the Old Testament. He, he had grown up in the Jewish household and he'd had encounter with Jesus like no one else. But he knew he had to do life with other people. He wasn't just the, the all high and mighty person there bringing the word of God. He knew that he had to do people. We need to do life with other people. Our faith shouldn't be just hearing a word. If this is it for your faith journey, there, there needs to be some growth throughout the, the rest of the week, not just a Sunday morning encounter. For, for me, it's got to be the same. And anyone that stands on the platform is no more important than anyone who's not. We each have a calling and a purpose. We're all called to reach, send, nurture, and disciple people in our communities. 
And we want to encourage you as a church, as a group of people, it's our goal, but also Christ's goal to see you grow and develop and move forward and see other people come to know him. But we've got to be doing it together. It's got to be about us in it together. You know, groups and small group gatherings give us an opportunity to be vulnerable and honest with one another. If I was to stand up here this morning and tell you about all my marriage problems I've got, that wouldn't be appropriate. No one's laughing. Um, I'm going to get in trouble later on. But if I was to stand up here, I'm not going to necessarily pour my heart out with situations that I'm journeying through in life. Same as, as you. You probably wouldn't stand up in a group of people and go, hey, I'm journeying this and this. But come together in a small group in someone's home or over a coffee or with someone that you trust, you're going to open up more. There's an opportunity for protection and honesty in those environments where people can journey life with you, where they can pray for you. That's something you don't get in a larger gathering. It's a place to be honest and vulnerable. That takes trust. And as you, I'm sure you know, trust is earned. It's hard for us to just give people trust. But as we do life with a smaller group of people, we can actually be honest and open with them. In Hebrews, we read in chapter 10, verse 23 to 25, it says, Let us hold tight without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. You know, that context of let us not neglect meeting together, often we may have heard that in churches. Hey, you have to be here on a Sunday. Sunday is important. We don't want people to not come to a gathering and worship God together. There's something powerful, you know, even as we sang that song before where everyone's singing, God Almighty be exalted. Something powerful takes place. But our meeting together can also mean who are you seeing during the week? Is it a small group that you're a part of? Maybe it's a, a Bible study online. Maybe it's just a phone call. Maybe it's a coffee with someone. The meeting together of other believers does something to us. But I think in the busyness of our life, we've probably pushed that to a lower priority because of the craziness that has. I don't know about you, but this year is an opportunity for reset. It's an opportunity for us to say, well, hey, what's the things going on in our world? Well, what, what's the, the craziness look like? And what am I going to pick up? And what am I going to leave sitting down? As a church, we, we're really conscious of not over-programming things. We really believe if, if everyone can be involved in a small group of some kind, but also be serving in some area, that's going to be powerful, not to achieve church goals, but to achieve the call and purpose that God's put on your life. There's something powerful where we do life with each other, but also when we serve God together, something takes place. You know, practically those small groups and that gathering together might be on Zoom now. Who loves Zoom? I love Zoom. No one loves Zoom. Do you at home? You love Zoom because you're watching me on, online. Hey, what an amazing tool though. Like we might be a bit over it and all that sort of, but at the end of the day, what an amazing tool where we can come together and still be at home. And I know some small groups this year are going to start by doing their midweek 
on Zoom and then they're going to catch up now and again in a park or something like that. Before that group might not have existed because they couldn't get together in person because it just didn't work out for people's calendars and those sorts of things. We can't just grow our faith and live out our faith by eating once a week. Has anyone not eaten this week? I'm I'm pretty sure unless someone's on a seven-day fast, which all power to you, that's great. And I I don't know about that. But I think the majority of us ate since this time last Sunday. Hey, we ate because we needed food to sustain us. We we needed to be able to have the energy to live out life. And and who knows that a week without food's unpleasant. Wouldn't be very nice, hey. What about our faith? Have we fed our faith since last Sunday at 10 a.m., whether it be in the room or online? Have we fed our faith? You know, I know when we come together as a, as a small group and our small group's kicking off in our home in, in the next fortnight, but there's a, there's a point, there's a time where I know that there's going to be people there coming and we're going to have discussion and it's going to be encouraging. But outside of that too, I'm like, God, what are you saying today? Reading the Word. We can't live a life of faith where we're eating once a week. You'll get through, and I don't, I don't know if you've ever done a, a fast where it's longer than a week, but you're not going to die. It just won't be sustaining and you'll, you'll lose weight. That'd be good. Um, but, but it's not good for our health. It's the same with our faith. What are we doing each week to feed our faith and grow. Groups is one of those spots where we've got accountability and connection and we're growing with one another. You know, our faith and our spiritual journey is not a sprint, it's a marathon. If we want to go for a sprint, we just need a little bit of energy for a short short space of time. But I want my faith and, and I want your faith as well, your relationship with God to be a marathon. You've got your whole life. We've got our whole lives to grow and develop, our whole life to live out. I want to do that with other people. I want other people to encourage me. And understanding, I think, the value of the people around you and the importance of being in a, a group and a gathering is critical. Groups can do powerful things. As we saw, the, the, the first church started with a whole bunch of people gathering everywhere. And we're now here because of those small, peop- small groups of people fulfilling what God had asked them to do. I've recently been reading a book. Uh, it's called They Fought Alone, and it's about the French resistance in World War II. I read all different things, you know, some leadership church books, some um, novel, well, not, not, I don't really read novels, but I read like, you know, biographies and a range of different things. But I'm reading this book and it's just been fascinating to see how English um, spies were sent into to France at the start of the World War, at the start of World War II. What they did, they went and gathered small groups of people. They gathered people, civilians of France that were under occupation from the German army at that time. And they started to to gather them together, to train them, to bring encouragement, to bring leadership. They brought resources. Planes were dropping uh, supplies and, and equipment to them. And over the course of a number of years, they built up all these little cells all over the, uh, the countryside. 
They had to evade capture. They had to do a whole range of things to remain quiet. But they had small gatherings in lots of places. The amazing thing, and I'd never understood this before, but um, through the book, you actually read about what happens. D-Day landings happen in June of 1944. And at the same time, the night before, the, the people in these groups had received radio messages from England to say, hey, the time is now. The, the time is now for, for you to kick in, to start destroying bridges and start attack from your side. The significant thing was that without those small groups of people doing things to stop the army coming to meet the invasion on the beaches, that the war may have never got, or the, the invasion force may never have got to where they did. There was a whole group of small people that came, and uh, you know, there's a, a whole section of tanks that were down in the southern section of France from the German army. They started coming forward, but these small groups of resistance came, and they started to, to delay them. It allowed the invasion force to come into France and ultimately win the war. Small groups of people had significant impact. When they came together, they had a purpose and a calling. As small groups of people, we can have a a significant purpose and a significant calling. Are you doing life with other people? As church groups, as I said before, we we want everyone to be involved in a group. We, We want you to be serving somewhere. Not so that we can get stuff done, but so that as people we can serve God together and that we can do life and grow in our faith. We say here that groups are a place to connect, protect, and grow. Connect, protect, and grow. I think for many of us, groups might seem like they're just another thing on the calendar. But groups can be a whole range of things. Some meet in person, as I said. Some meet online. Some meet fortnightly. Some might meet monthly. But the goal of groups as part of Resound Church is for us to journey life and disciple one another. It's an opportunity for us to grow. You know, we've got soap groups. It's not just showering groups. Um, getting clean groups. It's scripture, observation, application, prayer groups. We study the scripture. They're on Zoom on a, a Thursday morning. There's other groups that are going to meet in person. There's some interest groups. We've got a bike riding group. And, you know, we've said that groups can have interests, but hey, have some prayer as a part of it. Maybe you're encouraging each other as you're out doing that thing. It doesn't have to be sitting in someone's lounge room and opening the word, which is good and important. The goal is for us to have connection, protection, and growth. Who are you doing life with? Apart from your family, who are you doing life with? You know, Sarah and I started our group probably two years ago, uh, sort of on and off a bit last year. But for a long time, it was like, oh, groups are just another thing on the calendar. But I learned pretty quick when, hey, people coming to your home, it was a great opportunity to share something with each other, but hear from other people. You know, everyone here could lead a group. Imagine if we had everyone here, everyone online, everyone leading a group, and people in our community, in our sphere of influence were coming to that. And we were just talking about, hey, how's your life going? How's your marriage going? How's your family going? How's your study going? And just having an opportunity to encourage people. 
to, to speak into their life, to do life with one another. What, what's stopping us? What's stopping you? What's stopping you at home? To do life with some other people. Oh, again, last year I realized how busy I was beforehand. I don't know how it's been for you, but it started to get busy again. Everyone's just going, oh, hang on a second. I want to make sure the important things in my life are the things that I prioritize. And doing life with people is one of those things. So today, as we talk about groups, groups aren't, hey, you know, just come and sign up and, you know, that's all good. Jared will talk about that in a moment. But, But the goal is how, as a church, are we discipling one another? How are we coming together as, just, as groups and gatherings to disciple one another? What have you got in you that God's deposited into you that you can give to someone else? We're going to finish this morning with communion. You should have that on your seat at home. If you've want to, you can pause actually if you want and then come back, grab something to take communion with. But you know, one of the ultimate group gatherings is where Jesus came and got the disciples together. They're in the upper room preparing right before he went to the cross. And he said to them, when you gather together, do this in remembrance of me. He, he took some bread, he took some cup, he took the cup. And he said, when you get together as a group of people, do this to remember me. He intended for us to meet together. He intended for us to do life with one another. You know, as we meet together, we, the goal is that he's praised, that he's glorified, and we remember what he did for us. He went to the cross. He died on the cross so that we might have a life of freedom, that our sin would be taken away. It doesn't mean our life will be perfect, but it means that he came so that we didn't have to go through a whole bunch of laws to be in right relationship with God anymore. You know, maybe you're at home or you're watching, joining us for the first time. Maybe you don't understand what it is to be in relationship with God. He came, Jesus came so that we could have a relationship with him. So as we take our bread and our juice today, we want to take a moment And as a group, together. You can do communion on your own, but together there's something powerful that takes place. I'm going to pray, and together we're going to remember what Jesus did for us. Jesus, we thank you that you died on the cross for us, that you came to this earth so that we might have a life of freedom, that when we sin and and, and fall short, that we can come to you and ask for forgiveness. Jesus, we say thank you today. As a group of believers, we remember you. We thank you that you came and that you gave us a, a way to remember, to not forget that powerful, powerful moment. Lord, I pray that you'll be with each and every one of us. I ask that as we, we, we are challenged to do life with one another, as we're challenged to journey faith with one another, that you will help us, that you're in the midst of that, Lord. We pray. Let's take together.
Hey, what a great message. Thanks for joining us here at Resound Church. We pray that you've been encouraged through the message and that you've grown just a little bit closer to God. While you're online, why don't you head over and give us a like on Facebook or Instagram or check out our website at resound.church. You can subscribe to our content on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or head over to our website resound.church forward slash app to grab our app, which will keep you up to date with everything going on. Well, don't forget next week, there'll be another amazing podcast here to listen to from Resound Church. We hope you join us then.